Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Well, welcome, welcome. We are excited about continuing our house plan series here. And um, if you were here last week, I want to encourage you, like obviously if you weren't here, encourage you to listen back on the live stream or the podcast because it was an excellent just encouraging word about how to flourish in the house. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about one of the things that you'll hear a lot here is that the house is a place to build life. And so we invited, we want to invite our team, our staff, and how many know we have the best staff and team ever? Yes, they truly are the best. We are so grateful for the people behind the scenes that make everything happen and that are also willing to get in front of the scenes. Uh, so today, this is their opportunity to share a little bit about how their life has been impacted through the rooms of the house that we're going to talk about. And so, you know, one of the reasons why we called the house plan series this was just because this is a great example of how God has built a house for his family to live in and to thrive in. And he wants us all to join and and to walk into those rooms and use them to the fullest and thrive. And so I've kind of been the last 10 years of my life, you know, adult life, kind of been a house plan junkie. Uh, I love the realtor.com, spent hours on Zillow. Uh, you know, my Pinterest pages are full of every size home you could possibly imagine. I have all the way from guest homes to dream homes. And, um, you know, it's just fun to me to look at how you can arrange space and how to dream about what it would be like to live in a different kind of home or to do. So the last couple of years, Stephen and I was able, were able to um, build a home. Uh, it was our first home we were able to build. We had lived in a f- couple of houses, so we had learned a lot through those houses of what we need. And so obviously we have four children, so there's six of us. We often have people live with us and like guests, and obviously we love to host people. So we had all that in mind of like, well, how do we want our house to be built? What is it going to look like? How are we going to use the rooms? So when we got the house plans, it, there was, uh, we probably, I don't know if our builder had ever met anybody like us because we were like, well, can we change this? Can we move this here? Can we do that? Can we, you know, because we had already thought through a lot about what we needed. And so every single room in our house is purposeful and it's intentional. And like, there was creativity behind it. There's no wasted space. Like, it's like, this is how much money we have to build a home. <laughs> This is how much perfect we can get out of that, and this is what we need in that square feet. So um, the thing is, is the fact that uh, I think that it's important for us to remember that every room in this house, the church, it has a purpose. And it is not, you know, we didn't have a house for this house plan, have these rooms accidental or like it was the greatest, newest trend. This is what we see in the word that God has used in the, it showed us in the word that this is how we can thrive. If we are a church that offers these rooms, then we can really be the church that he talks about in the New Testament. We believe the house is a place where you can spiritually be fed, where it's a place where you can be refreshed by the washing of the word. It is a place where you can get rest when the bottom line is the everyday life of the world just brings us so much fatigue and we need a spiritual rest. We cannot get it in a nap. 
We need it from the Lord. And so the bottom line is there's a lot of storms in this world. There's a lot of storms you're going to face. But here at the house, there's a shelter here. There's a safety. And there's a people here, family here, that wants to know and love and challenge us to be able to go out and do what God has really called us to do. And so the thing about the house is that Stephen and I never wanted it ever to be Stephen and Katie's church. We wanted to invite a family, to form a family where we're not full. This family is not done. Like our rooms have plenty of, of space for more people to join the family. I know, I don't know about you, but my, my kids, um, even though Stephen and I hold the title to our home, you know, if they invite you to our house, they're going to be like, can you want to come to my house? Well, actually, it's not really your house, you know? <laughs> You need to uh, talk to your mom and dad. But they believe and they feel like that is their home. Like they own that. And so that's what I believe that the family here, that's what God wants. He wants us to say, come to my church. You know, I I want to protect my church. I want to bring people into my church. I want to thrive in this house because it's not just Stephen and Katie's. This is a place where we are a family and we are wanting to build it. Um... But just like our house plans may um, include rooms that we thought of for our kids and for ourselves, there's like those are the family's rooms, but then this space is for guests. I don't know about you, but when you're having people over, I don't, I quickly clean the living space and the close all the bedroom doors, you know, like if I didn't have time to really deep clean. And so those spots that the, clo- the doors are closed are like just for family, you know, just the kids can walk in that room, do not take a friend in there um, because those are not prepared. And so the thing about the rooms in the house plan at this house, our church, that they are for you. There is no guest space and family space. All of it has been prepared for you, and there is an invitation for you to become a part of this family. So Ephesians 2, 19 through 22, I want to read this and kind of show us where we get this from the word. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. That means we are family. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So this house is a place where we can build life. Because we know that the Spirit of God lives within us. And so we have to have a place where we can refuel and refocus. And we can get our marching orders to do what God has called us to do. But I know Stephen and I, uh, we used to, um, I guess he used to play around with the idea of selling our home and living in an RV and traveling. And... uh, (laughs) So we had traveled full-time in ministry, ministering at different churches. And so I remember when he was like, we just need to sell everything and live in an RV. We're on the road. And I just remember been traveling and came back and was like, I just can't do it. I have to come home. I have to be somewhere. There has to be one place that I can just relax and let my guard down. There has to be one place that I get refueled, that I get rest. And so there's just a power when you talk about a home and everyone needs a home. I believe that everyone needs a spiritual home. And so 
all of these rooms are vital and purposeful and intentional. So Stephen Hill, I want you to introduce to us the first room that we enter here at the house in the house plan. So the first room that we step into is weekend services. Come on, this is the time where we all get together, we rally, we get to worship, yeah. and we get to connect with God as a big, huge family. And so this is something that we believe should be exciting because, number one, God is not born, right? That's right. And so we don't want to have a boring church. We don't want to have people here falling asleep or on their phones. We want it to be engaging, and we want it to be exciting. And so you may walk in here, and you may be like, why in the world are they jumping? Why are their hands all in the air? Are, is this an exercise class that I just stepped into? <laughs> and so uh, we want that to be the culture and the feeling here that, it is exciting to serve God. We yeah. want our kids to know it's exciting to serve yeah. God. And we want the families to know that it's exciting to serve God. And so that's why we're very intentional about that. Uh, we want the spirit of God and the presence of God to be in this place. Um, when you leave the service, we want you to have had an opportunity to say, okay, like this is what God is speaking to me. And mm -hmm. I'm able to take a step from that. And so right. like, even for me just growing up, man, my mom was, uh, it was it, I had a single mom just growing up, and it was me and my sisters and my mother. And um, if she didn't do anything in the whole week, she made sure that we were at church on Sunday morning. <laughs> and I mean, getting out of bed, brushing her teeth. And it could have been like it's three of us. And so it, she could have easily been like, you know what? I don't feel like dealing with y'all today. Yeah. Like, I, I don't yeah. feel like getting y'all up. I don't feel like trying to get y'all in the car and trying to get to church on time. And, like, I'm just, I'm a new father. As a new father, you probably can attest a little bit. Like, I don't know, sometimes <laughs> with getting, getting a child ready in the morning, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I could do this. And so um, I can value the fact that she made a decision and was like, hey, right. regardless of the ups and the downs of life, I am going to make my family, I'm going to make sure that my family is in church. And that's something that has uh, stuck with me mm -hmm. even as becoming an adult and saying, hey, this is important. And this is what uh, going to church has produced in my life during the weekend services. And so that's something as we're here that I want to make sure that everyone has that opportunity. Um, yeah. That we're able to set things in motion. We're able to break generational curses because people are walking through the doors yeah. and week by week there's an opportunity to get closer to God. That's right. And an opportunity to just strive in our relationship with him. Um, if you even think about like what the father says about like weekend services, um, basically he says here in Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, um, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and, um, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And so we see here that God is urging us, hey, like, don't forget to meet with each other. Um, we believe that weekend services are a direct blessing from God. It's a gift from God. Because guess what? Like, he knows that we're going to have times where we get discouraged. Yeah. He knows that we have times that things are going to get hard and difficult. And he knows that we need our brothers and sisters in faith to be able to connect to and say, hey, like, this is what's going on in my life. That's right. I need you to partner with me and help me make yeah. it through this season. And so you may be here, you may, you may be like, man, I'm a first-time guest, or I only been coming here for a couple months. It seems like everything is, like, pretty locked in. Like, y'all have spots filled everywhere. I'm going to let you know, you're wrong. <laughs> 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 so um, one thing that uh, Pastor Stephen says that I love is that, like, we have no cool kid table. That's right. Like, as you come yeah. into the house um, and as you're stepping into the room of weekend services, there are many different opportunities to be able to plug in, to connect, and see yourself begin to build a life here. 
Um, one story that just really sticks out is um, someone that is currently on our AV and worship team. Um, and it all started with a weekend service. Uh, someone invited them, and they made a decision to come. And That's then awesome. they made a decision to come back. And like all this time later, like two weeks ago, they were serving and they led a song for the first time here in that's service. That's awesome. And so that's something that's phenomenal because the story yes. of transformation and getting free is something that we're able to see in other people's lives. And we know that it can happen yeah. in your life as well. Absolutely. And man, that just excites me when I hear someone being impacted by a weekend service all the way, just committing to the journey of transformation here at the house, all the way to the place where now that person is providing a way for someone else to encounter God on a weekend service. And that is powerful. That is true transformation for sure. Alexis, tell me a little bit about the next room that we have available here at the house that makes room basically for the transformation journey. For sure. Okay, so we all know the best room in the house. Okay, I'll give y'all a hint. It's where you go after a long day to make any bad day better because someone's going to serve you a nice warm meal. Yes. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But the next room in the house is the ability for us believers to serve those in need. That's right. At the house, this is one of our main values, and this is reflected all throughout the Bible. And the reason why we do this is because serving those in need is a reflection of what God is doing in our own lives. And God himself is a giver. And he gave us the perfect example with Jesus who literally gave his life to die on the cross to save us. Yes. Um, And so because of that, throughout our whole life, we want to reflect that. Um, And there have been many moments in my personal life where I was going through a really hard time. Um, going through something that I didn't really know how to handle. And it took people who chose to answer this call and serve me by sending me a text or um, encouraging me in that moment. And it gave me the ability to move forward. And so, for example, just last year, um, I actually lost my mom in a really intense and random way through a terrible act of domestic violence. And I know that's really deep, but... Because uh, God has called people to serve in that moment, people began to send me meals and encouraging texts and partner with me in prayer. And because of that, like, I've been able to move forward, even though I experienced something really terrible in my life. Um, And God has called us to be givers of our time, not takers. And as we begin to give our time and our words and our encouragements, it can actually have the ability to really influence somebody's life. Um, And for me, learning how to serve others has absolutely grown my personal relationship with God. One of the major turning points in my life was actually at a Be The One Ministries outreach, which Be The One is an organization that Pastor Stephen and Katie started before they planted the house. And I was at this outreach, and I remember getting the opportunity to share what God has done in my life And it really impacted somebody. And in that moment, I realized, even though I'll face difficult moments, by serving people, I can be empowered to bring more people into the kingdom. That's awesome. Um, And what's amazing about serving is that it never really goes bad. Like, (laughs) there's never really been a moment where I'm like, dang it, I really wish I would have just slept in instead of going to that outreach with the house. Like, (laughs) no, every time I choose to serve people in need, I leave empowered and yeah. like ready to reach Absolutely. more people. And so that's a little hint for you guys is it never goes bad. <laughs> and one example is there was a, a woman who came to an outreach 
And basically, this was a free car wash where people, we don't take any donations. Basically, we just want to bless people's day. And at the end of the car wash, we say, can we pray for you? Um, and so this woman came through thinking she's going to get to help the cause, like, I'm going to donate to this ministry. And we were like, no, like, we will not receive any donations. A gift for us would be for the opportunity for us to pray for you. And then she just began to weep because all of these young people spent their day wanting to serve people in need instead Mm -hmm. of be takers. Um, And so you might ask, what does God say about serving those in need in the Bible? Um, And the Bible is actually filled with so many passages and commands and encouragements about the value of serving people. Um, And an example of this is Proverbs 14.31. It says, whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker but he who is generous to the needy honors him and one thing I have found is that everyone in this room everyone in this world is in the category of needy like we all need a moment with God and we all need to be served by people and to serve people yeah and so serving people isn't limited to the category of those who are poor or broken like You can nix that. Like, everyone needs to be served. That's right. Um, And then another thought that this verse tells us is that we serve people in need, not only to just do a good thing, but to honor our Father, to honor our God. That's right. Absolutely. Um, And so for you, you might be wondering, okay, so what can I do? Like, I want to serve people in need. There are so many ways in just your everyday life, like simple ways that you can serve people, such as, like bringing someone a meal during a hard time yeah. or getting someone a baby shower or wedding gift or helping someone move. And this one is a big one. Partnering with people in prayer is a great way to serve somebody. Absolutely. I know for me, yeah. like I can be guilty of saying, oh, I'll pray for you. I'm sorry you're going through that. But my challenge is like in that moment, pray with them right yeah. then and there and they will leave feeling encouraged mm-hmm. and uplifted. Um, and then also... You can also sign up for different ways to serve right here at the house. And so you can find out a lot more information about this in the next yes, step room yes. right over here. Um, but just a couple of areas that you can serve in is our dream team. And so every single Sunday morning and Sunday evening, we have a group of people who, like, help us pull it off. And so every yeah. service, we have near 50 people who are serving their time yeah. to bring more people into the house. And the good, that sounds like a big number, but we are growing. That's right. We need you to join the dream team. Um, And also, outreaches. This year alone, in 2020, even in the midst of a global pandemic, we have done 51 outreaches. How amazing is that? The house is literally having a global impact on this earth. That is so cool. And so today you actually have the opportunity to sign up to be a part of Lights On. That's our next outreach next weekend. And so you guys, after service, go check out the Next Steps room and find out how you can serve at the house. And that is a great opportunity this month to connect. Because, I mean, the bottom line is, is the best friends you can find are the people you serve with. And um, there is just a relationship built over time. That doesn't happen overnight. But those relationships are vital to our spiritual growth. And so one of the ways we connect, Adam, I want to talk about is just how we connect throughout the whole year outside of even outreaches. Absolutely. You know, one of the most powerful ways that we connect here at the house is through life groups where we're able to know, love, and challenge one another. 
and it's it's taking the time to actually build these relationships. It doesn't just happen overnight, mm-hmm. but but these relationships that we built. Um, it, it's irreplaceable. It's incomparable. We can't, you can't just foster this kind of relationship in, in your workplace or your hobbies because, because what's unique about it is we're anchored in Christ. That's right. You know, and that's why I, be- I truly believe that doing life together is one of the most important disciplines that we have mm-hmm. in sanctification of moving from being just a new believer to really a follower of Christ who's solidified mm-hmm. and anchored in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and so, what you know, you'll probably hear us say, the house does life, you know, and you probably hear it all the time. The house does life, house does life, house does life. And, and the reason we say that is not just because, you know, we're bored sitting around on a Friday night twiddling our thumbs watching reruns of The Office, uh, but instead it's, it's recognizing that, no, we got to choose to be intentional. Right. Yeah. And when we choose to be intentional, it actually begins to do something in our life. Uh, Stephen stole my verse, but uh, Hebrews, Hebrews, uh, the writer of Hebrews says that we should not grow weary mm-hmm. in meeting together. Yeah. Uh, additionally, uh, we see in Proverbs seventeen seventeen that a brother is born for a time of adversity. Yeah. And man, let, let me tell you, like mm-hmm. as believers, we don't back down in the face of adversity. No, that's actually when we rise up. And, and if 2020 has taught us anything, yeah. man, in adversity, we got to have each other. We got to be doing life together. Mm-hmm. What, one of the most powerful um, stories that I've heard so far this season is, is, a, is a man who, who came out of a, a broken relationship um, and, and overcame addiction and got into one of our, one of our men's groups. But through this men's group, he's just continued to grow and become a, a better father. Um, he's had workplace opportunities open up for him because of what God's doing in his heart. That's awesome. And, and even yeah. through that, this past week, he texted me and said, hey, I won't get baptized um, here at That's the house. Awesome. Like, come on. Like, you can't make this stuff up. This is what God is doing here at the house when we do life together. An example of this in, in the real world, I love Pastor Stevens' uh, example that he used last week of talking about uh, the trees flourishing. And so I got yeah. one of my own. Uh, the, the tallest trees in the entire world, the California redwoods, um, are over 2,000 years old. They've survived the winds wow. and the storms and fires and everything for 2,000 years. But they only, it's kind of unique, they only exist in forests. Meaning, uh, Devin, I'm sorry, but you're not going to be able to plant one in your front yard. Um, <laughs> and in the, the reason why, you may say, okay, wh- wh- why is that significant? The reason why is because even as they stretch to 200, 300 feet tall, at their base level, their roots are connected and wow. intertwined with all the other trees in the forest. That's Furthermore, awesome. they even brace each other because they're so compactly uh, together in the forest. And so when the winds come, they're actually bracing one another from the storm. Awesome. And, and so I'm just saying, like, we got we to gotta do life together, that we are stronger yes. together. And, and I just, I mean, I recognize even in my own life, uh, the times that I've grown the most in my life was when I was in the presence of others. Yeah. It was, you know, first time was in college and, and God just surrounded me with a, a group of brothers of, and that were solidified in their relationship with Jesus Christ. They had a genuine relationship That's with awesome. their Lord. And I just got to walk in that firsthand. And then once again, here at the house, as God just surrounded Courtney and I with other young couples and young families who, who had a genuine relationship with the Lord. And through that, we were able to learn so much wisdom and get so much insight that would have taken me years and and honestly, probably a lot of nights of sleeping on the couch if we're being real here. Um, But I was able to have that expedited because we were doing life 
together. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so I just want to encourage you guys, if you guys are looking to do life together, we're in the middle of a life group season right now, but don't mm -hmm. let that deter you from jumping in. Um, th there's no greater time than right now to jump into a life group. And so there will be someone in our next steps room right after service who would love to get you connected with the right group for you. We have over 22 different life groups this season. And so we have our growth track life groups, which are designed to give you a practical step in your faith. Mm -hmm. um, but then we also have just fun and connect groups where you can take a moment to pause from the busyness of life to, to just connect. And the importance of that, and, and, and let me just pause real quick because I know, I know a lot of times in in church, we get this like spiritual comparison of like, oh, well, that's a that's a more spiritual group, you know, and, and, and we have this hierarchy of like we think, oh, man, I'm diminishing connection. But let me just say in our productivity driven Western culture, if you want to go fast, yeah, you can go alone. But if you want to go long, you got to go right. together. Yes. And so here so at the good. house, let's do life together. Let's yes. do life together here as we walk through 2020. And as he was talking about just going long, I mean, I just can... My heart for the house, and I know Stevens too, is so much about growth. We believe at the house that we grow. We build a life, and we're growing, but that only comes from intentional growth, intentionality. And so, Dev, kind of tell us a little bit about how we grow here at the house intentionally. For sure. So here at the house, we grow through leadership development. And so we're going to develop leaders because we have a plan to grow, and we believe that God created us with his mandate to make it better. So mm -hmm. Netflix episode one of the world, God said, tend it and keep it. Yeah. And so we know that um, everything rises and falls with the leader. And so if we, if we will just take some time and we'll invest in people and develop their leadership, then we'll see families become more healthy. That's we'll right. We'll see communities yes. be more unified. Yes. Come on, we'll see the church look a little bit different. Come on, we'll see more mm -hmm. of heaven on earth. Because I think that when we look at the life of Jesus, one thing that we overlook is his leadership ability. Yes, he did a ton of miracles. Yes, he was the son of God. Yes, right. he's our Lord and Savior. But he spent three years with some fishermen and turned them dudes into leaders. And so yeah. if Jesus can do that in three yeah. years, come on, we as the church need to be developing and investing in leaders. Absolutely. Absolutely. Alexis, can you share a little bit about how leadership development has affected your life? Yes, absolutely. So I got the opportunity to get connected with Pastor Stephen and Katie at just 13 years old. Um, and so I have seen full circle what applying the concepts that they teach in my life can really do. Um, they really do have a gifting of developing leaders. And just a testimony for me, I've had the joy of learning that when you take on a project or a life situation that feels bigger than you are, what's really happening is God is growing your capacity to take on even That's more. That's right. Yeah. Um, and so learning this concept has given me more confidence to be in situations that may feel overwhelming, but I have a mm -hmm. peace knowing God's going to use me and he's growing me yeah. to take on yeah. more the next time. And so an example of this in my life is, so every summer we go on this mission trip called the local trip and it's basically seven days where all these young people come and we spend the whole week just pouring out love and doing outreaches throughout the community um and i remember that it was my second year going like eight years ago and pastor stephen and katie put me in charge of counting students after every event to make sure we had everybody and checking our supplies to make sure that we had everything we need and this might sound pretty small, but little Alexis was like, oh, my goodness. Like, they trust me. I am so nervous. I'm just going to make, I'm going to ruin everything. And there were so many moments where I did feel overwhelmed. But over the years, like, 
every summer I, I would take on a little bit more yeah. and a little bit more and a little bit more. And now I'm at the place where I can plan the details and manage a budget and yeah. empower other people to lead yeah. as well. But if I would have never felt overwhelmed and been in those situations that were stretching me, my capacity would have never grown. So true. And this is an administrative example, but this can be applied to every area of your it's life. True. Yeah. Work, your relationship with God, your relationship with people. Yeah, absolutely. And I do believe, Adam, you share a little bit about just God's heart about leadership that we see in the word. Yeah, and, and I think too often times we separate leadership as either secular or sacred. It's true. And, yeah. and, and we're not able to recognize that, no, God calls us to bloom where we're planted. Mm-hmm. And, and so if we're, if we're going to spend 45 hours a week in, invested in our work because you know, we have a gifting there, mm-hmm. why would I waste that influence that God has yeah. placed me in? And, and you know, Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, Work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord mm-hmm. and not for men. Yeah. And, and so what that means for us is that there is actually responsibility on our life mm-hmm. as we grow and mature in our faith to use the influence that God has mm-hmm. gifted us with. I mean, it, it's crazy when we think about it, but I, I think for specifically for the house, our goal is, is not to build our own tiny little kingdom here, right. but instead it's to train up leaders yeah. so that we can see God's kingdom come here on That's earth. That's right. Absolutely. Yes. Well, Stephen, tell us a little bit about how we can begin leadership development here at the house. So saying yes is like the first step of really taking a moving forward and developing your yeah. leadership. And so saying yes and continually saying yes. Uh, we, you may be here and may think like, man, I don't think I have what it takes uh, to, to be a leader. Um, and we, we say otherwise here. We believe that everyone in here has the ability to yeah. step into leadership and God has leadership for you. And so um, we want to help you develop that and we want to help you discover what that looks like. And so the ways that we do that here at the house is we get everyone to go through our framework first. And so saying yes to framework is the first step. Yeah. Um, after that, saying yes to freedom is the second step that you could do that. And then after that, we even have a leadership uh, class or like a life group, basically. And so saying yes to leadership is also another yeah. way that you can start the process of developing that. Um, all of those are like in the next step room. So you could definitely visit us there um, after service and be able to learn more details about that for sure. And I think that's huge as we walk with the Lord and we mature and we build a life. If we don't take on leadership, then that means basically we are saying, I want my spiritual growth to stop. And that doesn't mean that you have to be in charge of, um, um, you know, the church. Obviously, that's taken care of. But I'm talking about leadership in general. Every single person can lead somebody. Everyone has something to give, you know. And there's no way that you can grow in your spiritual walk without some form of responsibility and leadership in an active way in your life. And here, like we talked about, this is what Jesus spent his time doing. And so we value that here. And we believe we see everyone with a potential and seed of leadership that they each of you can make a difference and so we love having a church that you don't just come sit down and watch everybody else do ministry but we have a church that we believe that each and every one of us can be a part of God's bigger plan um Devin just talking about growth and where do we start with that who do we invest in who are we prioritizing right now in that uh just seeing potential in people yeah for sure so at the house we invest in the next generation 
Um, and so me and my wife, Sydney, get to oversee that area of our church. And I know what happens when we talk about investing in the next generation. Everyone 30 and up is like, okay, this is for the young people. Um, but I actually want to encourage you that you can invest in the next generation. It's right. actually the best investment you can make. Come on, it's better than your 401k, even though get your money, yeah. I ain't mad. Um, it's better than flipping houses. You can invest in the next generation because I believe that we see a return That's right. uh, when that happens. Most people who end up following Jesus, they're going to make that decision before they turn 18. Like a lot of them are going to make it in junior high and high school. And so we have a ripe field for us to produce from. Yeah. Um, but uh, an example from our youth group is we had a young lady start coming about a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago, and um, her friend had invited her. Um, and then she started coming to youth group, and then she started to come on Sunday mornings. Um, and a few weeks ago, she texted one of our leaders and just was like, hey, I want to give my life to the Lord. I don't know what that's like. Can you walk? me through that and not mm -hmm. only from that moment she went through framework and this morning she was out there opening the door and I was like what's up I see you opening doors and so <laughs> that's just a great moment to see a young person come from being far from God and yeah. not really knowing and navigating to where she's now Absolutely. stepping up and leading and so even for me it's been a blessing to uh, turn around and invest in people because I can remember being 17 and 18 and having people invest in me having friends invite me to church and I went to this youth event and there was this goofy looking dude on the poster and they were like he's gonna be preaching and then it was my pastor you know he had he had spiky hair then it's laid down now it's cool um but um he started to preach and that and that night changed the whole trajectory of my life and that was just an investment but i'm telling you like the type of person i married was changed my occupation like i didn't know that god had a calling on my life i was going to college to study math i was just i'm gonna be a mathematician i'm just gonna add and subtract all day <laughs> Um, and now I'm living out what God has called me to do. And we just, I'm not saying that every young person who comes to our church is going to be a minister or a pastor or a worship leader. But what I do know is that God has a calling on their yeah. life. And come on, we have the power to invest and see that yeah. happening. And investing in the next generation is God's idea. Um, there's tons That's of right. scripture about it. But one that sticks out to me is um, Psalm chapter 78. Um, and it talks about how God established a testimony in Israel. Um, and, and he's teaching the fathers to now turn around and teach that to their children, teach them his commandments so that they will put their hope in the Lord. And so I just I just want to let you know, parents, there are a lot of things in the world that your kids could be putting their hope in. True. Or they could be putting their hope in their social media on what grades they're getting, even though good grades are important. They could be putting their hope in what people are saying about them. But I believe the best place for them to put their hope is in the Lord yes. because he's never going to let them down. And he's never going to yes. leave them where they are. And so. Maybe you're in this room and you love kids. Come on. And I just want to tell you, come and give me a COVID-approved air hug after service. Come on, because you are my people and you're one to be a part. And we have a great team here. And the thing I love about it is that we're not babysitting. That's uh, we're right. not just, just hanging out. Come on, we're yeah. singing over your babies. We're praying over them. Uh, we're teaching your toddlers that God made them and that Jesus wants to be their friend. Come on, we're not just hanging out and wearing skinny jeans and eating pizza and youth group, <laughs> even though we do that a lot. Um, we are teaching young people how to make their faith their yeah. own and how to step up and be an influencer in their schools. And then maybe you're here and you're like, hey, I don't like kids at all. And that's that's cool. We don't want you to be around the kids necessarily in like kids church, but you can still play a role by coming and showing right. up consistently yes. by loving on them when you see them. Because mm -hmm. it's not just about the team that we have. It's about all of us coming together to see yeah. sons mm -hmm. and daughters yeah. being raised up in this house absolutely so. yes and you know what uh, that is what the house is about these are the rooms of the house that we believe that anyone in this room that decides to build their life on jesus can join the family and go into all those rooms and we believe that that is what 
causes our lives to flourish. Like it causes our lives to be different than the world. It's not because we're better, but because we have help. We have direction. We have people that are supporting us and helping us thrive. But y'all, I want to give this group a hand. They did an amazing job. Hey, and, uh, and, and while you're giving us a round of applause, I think we also need to give a round of applause to our, our pastor, Katie. In case y'all didn't know, it's her birthday today. <laughs> so we got some flowers here. Bring, bring it on up. Bring it on up. Thank yes. you. That's Thank awesome. Thank you from the house family. We appreciate you. Those are beautiful. you and your husband do. Thank you guys so <laughs> Thank much. Thank you guys. That's really funny. Um, <laughs> first service went by, no flowers. I could have gotten three flowers. They definitely in this, right? <laughs> okay, so as we conclude, I do want uh, to just share with you all a little bit about why the local church is such a passion of Pastor Stephen and mine. I know Pastor Stephen was able to share more of his story last week. and But, you know, the bottom line is, is that for me, honestly, my earliest memories were of my parents having us in church. My earliest memories were um, those moments in in the nursery and the kids' church and, and being with the people of God. And so, thankfully, I am really grateful for that opportunity that I got to begin my life in that fashion because God was able to really begin to build my life at a very young age. The earliest time I can even remember engaging in a relationship with the Lord was, I think I was not, I like eight, nine you know, I was in my bed with a little pamphlet that Kids Church gave me about what to read in the Bible and what questions, like questions to ask and how, what to pray. And I remember hearing God's voice even at that time. Like I knew because my parents had pointed us to the Lord that that God was my heavenly father. And so those are some of my earliest memories. Um, and as life proceeded, my family was consistent and faithful in church. And I'm so grateful for that heritage. Um, if you know my mom, she's a great woman of God. And she poured her heart and soul into her children, which was me and my two sisters, and taught us about God and put us in church. But when I became a teenager, around 15 years old, my family did start to fall apart in some, you know, areas or in so many words. My dad made choices that to walk away from the Lord at that time. And even though my mom stayed faithful to the Lord, his decision uh, eventually caused my family to be in upheaval. Basically, everything that I knew was functional or normal became dysfunctional and not normal. And there was just a lot of inconsistency in my life. And there were so many questions and so much rejection and so many, um, so many unanswered thoughts for the future. And I remember in that moment when my dad left the house that I had a choice to make whether I was going to run towards God or run away. And I remember going to the Lord in tears, knowing that, God, I just don't know what's happening and I don't know what to do. But I went to church the next day and I remember my youth pastor being there to pray with me and to talk me through it. And the local church was there for me and was stable and was secure and was like a rock to point me to my relationship with the Father 
in the time where I needed it the most, when my whole life had become unsettled. My family was good, but the bottom line is, is they weren't perfect. My dad was a good guy, but he wasn't perfect. And the thing is, I needed desperately to run to a perfect heavenly father to fill the gaps in bottom line nobody could fill. Nobody can fill all of those gaps, but Jesus can. And so in that moment, I remember knowing that as I face adversity in life, I will have a choice every single time to run to the Lord or run away. And since that moment, I faced adversity over adversity over adversity. And every single moment, I can go back to that first time that I made the choice to build my life on the Lord and to plant myself in the house of God to be surrounded by the people who were going to not just agree with my flesh but to lift my spirit they were the people that were going to point me to the journey of transformation saying that meet the Father accept forgiveness live free fuel purpose and so I know that God orchestrated my steps from a very young age to know him. But there was a choice I had to make to make my relationship with God my own. And the church played a huge part of that. I can look back in my life right now and I think I'm so grateful that there were people who showed up every Sunday. And there were people who went and worked that nursery and didn't think it was a babysitting job. And I'm so grateful for the kids' church pastor that didn't think that I was too young to know God, but that challenged me to engage in a relationship with God at a young age. A youth pastor who would endure my rebellious season and my hard-to-love season and walk me through until I really believed what he saw, that I had a call of God in my life. And I know there's people in this room I don't know what kind of family you grew up in or what family you live in right now, but I know that it's not perfect. And I know that there's holes. And those holes, I believe the family of God is what fills those holes. The Father God is who is perfect when there is no way the people in our life can be. Now, I can tell you that the church I was a part of was not a perfect church. And they weren't perfect people. But God used them and their obedience and their faithfulness to be a shelter from the storm in my life, to be somewhere I was spiritually fed, to be somewhere I could go to be refreshed, to be somewhere that I could go to build life. And I believe the house is that. It's not a guarantee, but it is an opportunity for anyone who wants to be in the family to be able to build their life on Jesus and to be able to access all of the rooms in the house because they're family. You are family. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.